Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team at the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with David Niles. Here I am. Behold. Eche Homo. We you all- know what? I haven't made the Eche Homo joke in a long time. I should bring it back. Go ahead. You can't force it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the way it works okay fair fair enough we also have juan back in studio juan it is great to have you back from costa rica on vacation um glad you made it back glad you didn't stay yeah. i was a little concerned that was always an option that was an option just um, send the kids after and then and then just not come back yeah but it's good to have you back it's Welcome good back it's good good for you to be here gracias, gracias. Uh, we're missing jim jim is sick so you can pray for him or not pray for him that's your prerogative Right, but I'd pray for him. Yeah, go ahead and pray for him. I mean, he'll be fine, but yeah, pray for him. Sure. He needs it. He's a big sinner. Uh, so we, uh, if this is your first time listening to the Catholic Man Show, we do three things, some episodes. We used to do it every episode. We're doing three, sing- three things today. Okay. The first thing we do is we open, and dr- open, review, and enjoy a beverage. The second thing we do is highlight a gear of some sort. And the last thing we do is have a topic that we discuss. See. Uh this evening we're gonna have we're gonna kind of go a little bit off the beaten path. We've only done this one. We've only had this type of whiskey one time on well, the show. Twice, twice because we've done multiple Amrut. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that, that that is good distinction. Yes. So, but we're doing a uh, whiskey from its product of India. Now, mm-hmm. typically, when you say a whiskey from India, the the first thing that comes to mind is Amrut, like you said. Yeah. Specifically, Am- Amrut Fusion is is the best, in in my opinion, out of the I don't know three or four that I've I've tried. Yeah. The the uh, I've only had two, and I don't remember what the other one was other than Fusion, but it was good. But it was it just the Fusion is really good. Yeah, because it has the Indian fruits and things like that, but it also has the peat from from Scotland. Right. Uh, so it's a it's a peaty. Highland almost is kind of is what it reminded me of. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, tonight we're having a how do you how do you think you would pronounce that? Rampur? 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 I don't know. Rampur? Yeah, maybe. I don't. I'm not positive how to pronounce it. R a m p u r. R a m p u r. It's a double cask. Um, and here's the tasting notes. Here, I'll let you pour it, David. I'll give you. I'll give the tasting notes. Happily. On the nose, it says a full-bodied aroma of tropical fruits, smooth, malty tones, and oaky notes. From double oak barrels, create a uh, aroma, a different uh, aroma of flavors. The palate says lustful elegance of sweet, lustful? It does say lustful. I said that and I kept going and I was like, wait a minute, did it say lustful? Maybe it means like lusty. You know, like something, if you refer to something as lusty, it's like healthy and full. Okay. Just like a uh, totally different kind of <laughs> yeah. understanding of a word. And uh, somebody just, 
It's an elegant of sweet fruits riding on rich sherry for a blissful nirvana. Nice. One almost. Why is the band name there? Nirvana. Is Nirvana the name of a band or anything yes. else? Yes, it is the name of a band, but it's also a word, mm-hmm. which means like ecstasy, kind of. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then finish says it's tantalizingly long, lingering, and generous. And I like generous. No, I wow. like generous uh, finishes. They so, paid a good writer. Yeah. So we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So. Okay. Very caramely on the nose. I think. Sweet apple tart. Yeah. It does say fruit on the nose, doesn't it? Yeah. Tropical fruits. I, I do get a little pineapple, maybe. I stick on the pineapple. Hmm. Very good. Very interesting. Uh, a little. It uh, has like a pineapple upside down cake on the palate. You think so? I do. Okay. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. It does have a nice finish. Yeah. It was uh, seventy dollars. Okay. So. Not too bad. Not t- not too bad for the, for the whiskey game. Forty five percent, ninety proof. Yeah, overall, I think it's. I little, think it's a little higher. Good. Yeah. So no, um, no alcohol burn. No alcohol burn. Yeah, I think it's. A, I think it's. It would be kind of like a almost like a novelty type of, of whiskey to pull out, knowing that no one has probably tried this whiskey. Yeah. So even if you have some of your buddies who are whiskey guys, you have them over to the house or something like that. If you see this, this would be a good one to pick up because most people I don't think have have tried this or even heard of the distillery. So. But if you want to do something really fun, yeah, you should come to Ireland with us. Yes, and we can all drink whiskey together. By the time you, by the time this airs on our podcast, it's likely to be sold out. Yeah, or the or deadline will be very much close, like very close. Right. So this month to, is like you need to move mucho pronto. Right, because we're we're about to we're about to close close the gates. Right, and once again, we're only taking thirty people, so it's going to be. A, a very small group. So we're all going to get to know each other very well. We're all going to get to spend plenty of time together. You know, we'll be eating together most meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to come... We're, go- we're, we're renting out like a dis- distilleries. Yeah. If you want to come hang out with us in Ireland, have uh, celebrate the holy sacrifice of the mass together, pray together. Father Sean Donovan will be our... Um our priest. Our chaplain, chaplain right? Chaplain, for thank the, you. For the pilgrimage. Um, drink some whiskey together. It's gonna be a maybe, blast. Maybe have a few beers. I'm gonna go, uh, you know, scout the land out. That's right. Yeah, you're getting ready to head out. Yes, with my with my beautiful wife, Lady Haley. Happy early anniversary. Thank you. Actually, oh. it's late, but it already happened. Yes. Well, I'm talking about the next one. Oh, yeah. It's just really <laughs> early. Uh, hey, we also have a pretty good, pretty big announcement. Our book is our book is available. Kind of. It's been announced. It's been announced. It's not available. Almost available for pre-order. Correct. <laughs> but yes, so we have a book that we wrote with our wives uh, called Living Beyond Sunday, How to Make a Home a Holy Place. Mm-hmm. It's uh, put out by Ascension Press, uh, uh, and it goes pre-sale July 25th. So go check that out. We have It's 10 full chapters uh, breaking down from marriage, fatherhood, motherhood, living liturgically. All about the home. All about the home. How, how did, and like, we're going to have, we'll talk about. Up your home game. We're going to be talking about um, some of the, not really specifically things we go over in the book, but we'll be doing a whole episode on the book coming up. And we'll probably have our wives on here pretty soon. Yeah. 
when, when, when pre-order hits, we'll uh, have our wives on again on the yeah. show. We had them on one time on like episode. Oh, I don't remember. It was a while ago, several years ago. Yeah, it was well received. Both of our wives were pregnant at the time. Yes, indeed. I forgot about that. So, um, anyway, it'll be fun to it'll be fun to have them back on the show. And maybe both of our wives are pregnant this time. Mine is. Who knows? Adam. I don't know. <laughs> Ireland is a magic place. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, so anyway, yeah. So if, uh, if you go to ascensionpress.com, you'll be able to find it. We'll also have it on the CatholicManshow.com here pretty soon. Or to sign up for our pilgrimage, go to CatholicManshow.com. CatholicManshow.com. All things manly on the internet can be found on CatholicManshow.com. Mm-hmm. So this has been a great weekend for me. Just been it's just been a great weekend. Okay, how so? I went to a, the Drillers game last night. Oh, here yes. in town, um, minor I, league baseball, team. minor league team had a blast. If you are in town and you've never been to the Drillers game, you just should go. It was so much fun for the kids. There's something really great about going to a baseball game. I'm not like a baseball fan, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't root for a team or fo- you know what I mean. I certainly don't watch it on television. Um, but be going to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Is a totally different thing. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. It's like hockey. I, the last I, I've been to a Drillers game before twenty years ago. You know, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, and they I don't know five or six years ago they redid the stadium here in Tulsa, and they did such a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, from every seat, you have a good Angle. a good view, um, and there's just kids playing everywhere, right? So it's, it was very they've done I think a great job of making it a very family event. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I was surprised about, zero pride, uh, nice. mention, zero pride month, uh, mentions or like no, bo- no banners, no posters. Nice. Um, you know, welcome to Tulsa. Yes. You know, we're a family, Tulsa, we're Tulsa, a family place. Tulsa's a place to be. We're a conservative family, family town people. Uh, if you're also a conservative family kind of guy. Orthodox kind of guy. Yeah. Especially if you're Catholic, you should move here because it's got it going on. Yes. Um, but also, Luke turned nine. This happy weekend. birthday to my godson! Yeah, my oldest turned nine years old. That's pretty crazy to think about. Like he's already nine. He, this is his last year in single digits. Half your life of, with him at home is over. I told Haley that. Did she cry? She definitely teared up. She asked me not to bring that up. Yeah. And then she went in a corner where you couldn't see her and wept. I don't know. I cannot confirm. She did. I can. I can sense it. But it was great. He's a. Uh, he had fifty dollars to the Bass Pro Shop, but all fishing stuff. Both boys had so both boys. This is just so. It's so funny how the personalities different are so different. Both kids had a fifty dollars gift card to Bass Pro Shop. I wish I had a fifty dollars gift card. To Bass Pro Luke Shop. was like, "Buy everything. Yes. I want you know, wrap it all up, put it in the cart." Right. And Jude was like, "I I just want to buy one thing. I just want I want to buy one thing. I want to save my money." It was just so funny. How how different they were uh, it, w- w- when we were there, but they both bought nothing but fishing stuff, Guggen baits. I don't know if you if you're a fisherman, you know what Guggen baits are. So we're gonna be we're, we're getting ready for that, and then we're also getting ready for uh, hunting season. Hunting season's gonna be around before we know it. Yeah, I guess and, that's true. And so we're getting things ready to go for for deer hunting. Excited about that, Luke. Filling corn feeders and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Luke. Luke, I think we'll. Uh, possibly go get his first deer maybe we'll see all right he needs to be able to convince me of the sure shot still so we'll work on it we're gonna keep working on it sure uh we'll jump into the gear when we get back 
Uh, this is Adam Minahan and David Niles with the Catholic Man Show. We'll be right back. Hey guys, as most of you know, we're going on a Catholic Man Show pilgrimage this year in September to Ireland with Father Sean Donovan as our chaplain, celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every single day. We're going to go to Our Lady of Knock Shrine. We're going to go to the best local pubs in Ireland. We're also going to go on some private distillery tours that only our pilgrimage is going to get to go on, only the people who are going with us. The due date uh, to sign up is in just a few days. July 15th is the last day to sign up. And we have just a few spots left. And we want you to come with us. Join us on a trip of a lifetime to Ireland. We go to Holy Sites. We try the best beer and the best whiskey in Ireland all together. It's going to be a blast. Join us. Go to thecatholicmanshow.com to find out more information. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. My name is David Niles. And Adam is here too. We are uh, now embarking upon a man gear, which we haven't done in a while. Mm-hmm. It has been a while, but I'm I'm excited about. We that. did a man action not too long ago. Yeah, that's true. Not a man gear. Talking about uh, block parties. Yep, which was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. You did great. Um, what I have here is a solar charger. So it's a power bank and solar charger. I bought this on the Amazon, which I try not to buy things on, but routinely find myself begrudgingly doing. Mm -hmm. So it's got a power bank in here, but it also has four solar panels on it. Um, They're little. Yeah, they're not very big. So I don't know. All in all, um, when you fold it all up... It's about the size of a big iPhone. It's a Yeah, like, right, exactly. It's thick. Mm -hmm. It's much, it's thicker than a big iPhone, but the you know otherwise it's about that same size but it folds up and velcros it's got like this not real leather but it, you know it's a fake leather uh like kind of covering mm-hmm. um and i have i have tested it to make sure that's not a piece of junk mm-hmm. okay and so far um it's working really well uh the one thing that you need to know as a consumer when you're buying a power bank like this one which i have learned since purchasing is that uh power bank size is drastically overestimated on the internet uh, it's the only thing yeah exactly that's it the, everything else is pretty straight up right on the internet but power bank size completely overestimates right they that one got through the net somehow yeah um so when i bought this it said it had a uh power bank of 40,000 milliamps. Okay, so by contrast, my phone has a battery of 4,100 milliamps. It's just like a unit of, you know, how much power can it hold? Um, And so it's like, wow, I could charge my phone 10 times without even needing to use the solar panels, okay? And so I bought it, and it's like, yeah, it's great. It was, you know, it's working. But then I was going back to look at some of the reviews and notice there's several people who have these, I guess you can get uh, some these USB devices that will just test a battery. Um, you know, tell it, it'll tell you how much charge there is, um, all kinds of things. And so they were routinely showing, no, it's between actually between 12 and 13,000, not 40,000 milliamps. 
That's a big difference. Um, yeah, that's a big difference. Um, I'm still happy with the product itself because that's that can still charge my phone three times without using. Um, how much was it? It was about forty five dollars. Oh wow, that's not very. That's not, I wonder how long it will last. Though. I also wonder that's, that that's going to be the key. Not very, not very expensive. It also has a, a flashlight on the front, which is mm-hmm. um, decently bright. It's not like a ridiculously bright flashlight, but. It would absolutely work as a flashlight if you're in the dark. So I bought this to go camping because at our camp out, that is like one problem, especially like I wouldn't typically be using my phone when we're on the camp out. But as you know, like one of the leaders of the camp out, people will be texting us um, or trying to call us when they're getting there because, you know, people are coming at different times. And mm-hmm. so I need to keep my phone on. And so tip- I try to keep it in like low power mode. Right. But typically after a day and a half or so, I need to go use one of the generators to charge it. And it's just kind of a hassle. So I got this. So now it'll be able to charge. I can charge it or any you know other people's phones. Uh, what I One thing I really like about it is it has wireless, wireless charging. Mm-hmm. You can charge four devices at the same time. Now, they would have to be four devices that had different... Inputs. Uh, power, you know, like different cables. So it's got built-in. It comes with a USB, um, the USB-C... Uh, and then uh, lightning is that lightning for iPhone, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then it also has just uh, another USB port you could plug your own uh, cable into. But then it also is wireless charging, mm-hmm. um, and so and it, it works like it works well. Uh, the wireless charging is what I've is what I've tested, um, and it does seem that twelve thousand milliamp seems to be correct to me because after I charged my phone, it still had about. Um, two thirds of the battery left. It's it's a waterproof IP65, which means that you know you can't dunk it in water, but um, you could like spray a hose on it, mm-hmm. and it would it would be fine. And it's not uh, gonna get dust in it, that kind of thing. So it's should be fairly rugged. Mm-hmm. Um, the brand mm-hmm. is not like it's not visible on the thing. It doesn't really say what brand it is. So I guess during the break I'll have to like look at my okay. order history to, to say which one it is. I mean I, I imagine that there's several products like this. Yeah, there is no brand on here. How weird is that? But anyway, a brand that I think so this one's a cheap one. We'll see. In, yeah, it is. I mean, so 40, you're rolling the you're rolling the dice. Forty five bucks, so not a big investment if it does turn out to be, you know, piece of crap. Right. Um, I'm not. It's not like I'm out one hundred and forty five dollars. Um, right. although. Uh, the solar panels do work. They're not fake. That's one thing. Uh, some of the products that are just like this will attach fake solar panels. Mm. These solar panels are not fake. Um, okay. e- each one of them is real. I've tested them by shielding the, the others and only exposing one at a time. Nice. And it charges with each one. Um, one of the products that I I recommend, I don't have one. I would like one, but it's from Jackery. And those are not cheap. They're they're right. high end, mm-hmm. but they work really well. They have big solar panels that fold out. Oh yeah, I've seen those. And our Deacon Garlic has has it, uh-huh. and you can you know, charge your laptop and your phone and a bunch mm-hmm. of other things all at the same time, and it works really really well. It's but it's high quality. I think it, they're made in the U.S. Right. So they're they're much more expensive. If you're serious about it, then you should you should not get something like this. You should get something. You should expect to pay a lot of money. Right. I mean, it's those are pricey items, 
but you should like maybe pay four or five hundred dollars, right? Um, for something like that. Mm-hmm. But then you know it's going to last you years and years and years and years. Like this probably won't. But my level of usage on this is going to be real low because I just wanted to go camping, and I don't go camping a whole lot, right? I mean, I go camping several times a year, right? Um, or also just as an emergency thing, right. um, you know, like if you're if the power goes out, um, if you're, I mean. The big floods. I mean, there's been several natural disasters in our country over the last handful of years. Where are you talking about Noah? No, I just mean like in the last handful of years. Oh, yeah, you know, like down in Houston with the flooding or t- uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever it is, where maybe the power's out and like you might need to use your phone if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but charging it can be that can a be a problem, right? It's a problem. So uh, whether it's your phone or something else, it's just nice to have. I've been kind of going through like a prepping phase here lately, mm-hmm. um, getting certain things. I've got a couple other uh, the key, m- man gear the key items. The prepping is, is you actually just need to have friends that prep. Yeah. Uh, you do need to have your own food. And make and sure you, they like you. And make sure you, yeah, make sure they're uh, like true friends. Right. And just have friends that prep. Right. Just like you want to have, you know, find a friend that has a boat, maybe a jet ski, a, a pool, pool table, a swimming pool. Yeah. And just use theirs. I totally agree with that. Uh, what do you think about the Catholic Man Show campout? Maybe people haven't heard of that before. Oh, if you've never heard of the Catholic Man Show campout, you're missing out. So this year it will be in October, the first weekend of October. Is that right? Yeah. The, what is it? The 6th through 9th. We've been trying to move it into September, um, but our pilgrimage will be uh, forced us to forced us to push the camp out back sixth sixth through ninth the sixth through the ninth so if you want to guarantee yourself a spot at the camp out the best shot of doing that is becoming a patron because patrons uh get the first crack at reservations Mm -hmm. um it sells out uh within hours every i think last year year. it sold out within like three out three or four hours it's pretty ridiculous so um yeah last year was just patrons who got to come and we had 60 people and that's basically going to be the way it is. So yeah, if you're not a patron, um, then highly recommend you doing so. Then you, and you want to come to the camp out. The only way to do it is to become a patron. I had some a uh, couple young men at Stillwater who sent word that they want to come to the camp out this year. It's like, well, I hope you can come. Mm-hmm. I want you to be there. However, you got to be a patron. If you, you don't have to be, but you do. Though. There's odds. Yeah. I mean, so. Also, it's free for all patrons. It's free for all patrons. What happens we'll is... we provide all the food and the thurs- beer. From Thursday through, through Sunday, Juan cooks crazy crazy meals. Uh, we also have other guys who, who come in. Tyler, Vincent, uh, there's a couple other guys who, who mentioned. Jason uh, in Louisiana said he was wanting to make some jambalaya for us nice. one day. All so right. I think that we've got several people who are, who are kind of stepping up and, and, and being a part of the, the cookout part. But we also have... We, we uh, eat with the monks... We have live music one night, like Irish dance, or not dancing, mm-hmm. Irish singing, folk songs. Cigar rolling classes. Cigar rolling classes. We have, The last few years, we've set up a forge in the in the campsite, so, so if you, you want to forge, forge some stuff, axe that's throwing. there. Axe throwing. Of course, we've got the yard games, the, right. you know, the cornhole and all the stuff. Fishing. We, you yeah. Know, you can fish. I mean, so th- we all go to, we typically go to Liturgy of the Hours together. We, we had we two pray. man cross cut saws last year. Yeah, so I mean, we have a lot of like it is it is a lot of fun, and I it is a blast. I look forward to it every year so much every year. 
Right. It's Someday a, it's a lot of work, you know, prepping it, for it. But it is a ton of work. The good thing about you guys coming is that you don't have to do any of it. Right. And if you're flying in and you need, uh, you know, camp camping gear, we've bought some extra camping gear, yeah. so you can have a tent or something like that. It's first come first serve. But right. Uh, that is, we don't have the signups available yet. In fact, uh, just this weekend, somebody asked me, "Hey, do you have that registration available for the camp out yet?" And I said, "No. We will let you know because." The best way it's to do a, that it's is, a big deal like we'll right. we'll have a countdown to the right. sign up ba- basically the best way to do that is sign up for emails because we'll we'll definitely be catholicmancho.com catholicmancho.com yeah I, I just can't wait like someday when when this show ceases to exist one of the things that will like i will really be bummed about among many things we can maybe keep the camp out going just have a catholic man show camp it out it once a year it won't be free anymore you know <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, okay, so when we get back, we're going to talk about prayer life. We're going to talk about like giving a prayer life to, to, to our kids. That's right. We'll be right back. There's a common thread among thousands of formerly sinful people we now call saints. They had a relationship with God, which then inspired them to set the world on fire, as St. Catherine and Siena put it. But more importantly, and more specifically, it meant they put in the time. They sat with the Lord. They spoke with Him. They listened to Him. Daily. They unveiled their hearts and wounds and problems to him. They offered him thanks and gratitude. They left their sufferings with him on the altar. They begged for his help. My question to you is, are you putting in the time? I know that I've sat in front of the church or sat in adoration making this mental grocery list of things that I want. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Time to build a consistent, honest relationship. Time to speak and time to listen. Dave and I have talked about on the show before that if you don't have an adoration hour once a week, are you really taking your faith life seriously? Are you really taking your prayer life seriously? But sometimes uh, you need a guide to help you in this holy hour. And so Exodus 90 has specifically put together a guide for you to help with your holy hour. In the show notes, you'll find a simple breakdown that shows you how to structure your time with the Lord. So this guide is also mobile-friendly. If you go to exodus90.com slash TCMS, that's TCMS, the Catholic Man Show, exodus90.com slash TCMS, you can get a free mobile-friendly guide on how to structure your holy hour. Highly recommended. Go check it out. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I would like to give a, a shout-out. Shout it. I'd like to give a shout out to a man in Idaho who became a permanent deacon with four other men in the month of June. His name is Eric Wasmuth. Eric Wasmuth! Shout out to you. Congratulations. Thank you so much for your service to the church. I actually shouted it. You did. And shout out to to your awesome wife who sent us an email saying that you just became a, a permanent deacon. I'm sorry if I woke your kids up. It's okay. That was not my intent. Speaking of kids, we're going to talk about uh, how, how, how to give them a prayer life. Yes. I'm really excited about this topic. Me too, because I've instituted something in my own house mm-hmm. that when I did it, you know, like every now and then you'll do something with your kids and you'll say like, yes, this is good. This mm-hmm. is like a good thing that I've done here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes a thing in your house, like right? from then on. It's like, oh, this is like part. I think of- I know what you're saying. And I did when I when I heard you say this, is what you're going to do, I completely copied it immediately, immediately implemented and well, immediately implemented, and then said it was my idea. Well, that's fine. <laughs> no, uh, like joking. I don't even care. 
It was your idea to copy my idea. <laughs> I pulled a one. That is your. It was your idea to copy my idea. I mean, I don't see why you don't get credit for that. Yeah, I should. I mean, there are other people who have not had that idea to copy my idea, and it's not even like it's like, oh, my idea. I mean, I so, thought uh, of it. Let me, let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about prayer. Okay, so <laughs> that's what we're talking about. You copying me? You wait. You're telling me that you pray now. Hey, you heard. You are copying me, bro. I am. Okay. Um. So. I want to give a shout out to Exodus 90. I know I have done this so many times, but um, I have a debt. I owe a debt to Exodus 90 for... Injustice. Changing You're my life. You're rendering something that is due to somebody, right. somebody else. Um, I really, I, I owe them uh, uh, a debt that I, I don't know that I can ever pay because they taught me to pray. Okay, so I'm going to give this just brief story again. You know, like for years I've been praying. I've had a, you know, what I thought was a good prayer life. Prayed in the morning every day. Prayed a rosary throughout the day. Prayed with my wife at the end of the day. You know, a sp- sp- dedicating. That was, you know, a sizable. What I thought was a fair amount of time prayer every day. And I th- over I thirty s- minutes every day. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, at least forty-five. Right. Um. And so I still think that was a fair amount of prayer that I was doing. But the thing that I learned when I the first time I did Exodus ninety is that I wasn't actually spending time in that like silent contemplative prayer, meditative prayer. We'll say I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would credit myself with contemplative prayer, but uh, meditative prayer, mm-hmm. um, quiet time with the Lord. And during the first Exodus, my first Exodus, I just it just changed my whole life changed, um, and I found that that was the one of the hardest disciplines for me to do, um, but it was also my favorite my favorite one, right? And so I kept, I maintained, I've kept doing that every day since. And it's just totally changed my life because I found I didn't actually have that personal relationship with Christ um, that I'm now building day by day, right? Uh, and, and I'm growing in because I'm setting aside this quiet time um, where I can just rest with the Lord, ask him questions, um, just be with him, you mm-hmm. know? And so it just has impacted me so much um, my spiritual life is I, I've grown, and I wanted to think about how can I give this to my children, because a prayer life is a prayer life is a gift. Um, everything is a gift that we receive from the Lord, right? But um, that training that I, Exodus ninety gave me was one of the greatest gifts I've received in in my life, because it just taught me to love to to love and know Christ, right? Um, and so I was just trying to think about that. How how can we give our kids a prayer life? Um, and so I, I wanted to come up. I, I wrote down some things. Um, so before we get to the the big reveal, the big my big idea, which is okay. actually not a big idea. It's a very simple idea. But I want to talk about some other things that we okay. can do. Um, because before you go and just... Um, do the things that we're going to talk about. You need to start with a base, right? And so, like, everybody's kids, you're probably different ages, right? Um, so if you have a two-year-old, you're not just going to say, like, all right, we're going to kneel for an hour a day. Um, so obviously, you need to teach your kids the basic prayers. You know, the Our Father, all the, all the little kid prayers. There's a lot of merit in knowing those. Um, but I think that one thing that we can start to do at an early age is practice silence, and that kind of takes it takes different forms for different children who have different temperaments. You know, if you have a melancholic child, they will probably be a lot. Um, they they might receive silence a lot more than more energetic temperaments. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But this is the one thing I really love about the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, if you have that program in, in your area, just because um, the, that whole thing, the whole program is structured around um, the fact that you're in an oratory, that you know when they go to their class, they're really like kind of structured around, like, almost like they're in church. So they use whisper voices. Like The whole thing is supposed to be quiet, and you're working, you're not playing. Um, and so that, that in the atrium, thank you. Uh, that's what they call it in the atrium. So that's a, a really good program that is doing things to like help teach silence. Adam, you've had other ideas about silence for your kids. Yes. So I, you know, it, it, this comes up in our book that we that we recently wrote with the Syndrome Press as uh-huh. well. Uh, but one of the things that somebody told me when I first had when we first had Luke was that children don't uh, learn to be quiet in mass. They learn to be quiet at the in the they home. They don't learn to be quiet in mass in mass. In mass. They learn to be quiet in the home and they implement that learning that skill. That skill in mass. Mm-hmm. And so what we what we decided to do was after dinner we would have all the kids quiet for quiet time in the living room. They could have a book. They could do something. They could be active, so mm-hmm. to speak. They could you can, be doing something. You can something. play Legos, right? But they had to be remain silent. Mm-hmm. And so it just taught them that you had to be you had to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I think that it's very interesting that children naturally gravitate towards. It seems like a relationship with Christ. It seems like that because maybe because their imagination is so. Uh, developing that it's just so rampant you know that yeah they were able they're able to uh understand prayer it seems like they're they gravitate towards you know even even christ in the bible he says uh come let let them come to me yes he doesn't say put them in front of me bring them to me Mm -hmm. he says show them to me show them to he says let them come to me oh like like they're, they're the ones. They're coming. the one coming. Right. Don't impede. Don't 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 get in the way. Let them come to me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to carry them. They'll come. They'll come to me because there's some. There's this natural. You know, we're we're religious in nature. Mm-hmm. We're uh, by 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 our nature. We're we're religious people. It's because God made us that way. Right, and so they gravitate towards a prayer life or or God it, it, very naturally. It's not as hard as what you think it it, it should be or it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just find that very interesting that sometimes we we actually make it more difficult. And this is also why I think because they're so innocent, because they're so, you know, they've been baptized, they've been alleviated of, of, of original sin, and they are now in a, in a state of grace where they can mm-hmm. continue to, to yeah, grow. Yeah, state of, of in, pure innocence. Of pure innocence. And this is why I think Christ made it very clear that what happens to people who destroy children's innocence? Yeah, I mean, he he does not speak very kindly, or you know, he's very yeah, those who, it, clear, like who teach teach little ones to break the law, to not follow his law. It'd be better that they had a millstone around his neck, right? And so, I think this is why, as parents, it is very important to, that we take take this very seriously uh, of guarding our our children's innocence, mm-hmm. of making sure that they're growing in a relationship with Christ, because Christ says that if you if you don't do that. It's one thing uh, I pray for every day is for Christ to guard my children's innocence. Because, you know, they play with neighbor kids, right? Like, like and, the Minahans. Yeah, like your sons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, like I remember being a kid and learning things from friends, you know, that like right. you just, that's, I mean, I, I think that's, that's the way 
you know, kind of it goes from kids. You know, you do learn things from your friends. Mm-hmm. Good things, bad things, in between things, right? Um, and so, like, I just pray that every day for the, to guard their innocence. Because I can only do so much. Right. Right? Um, I'm not, I cannot say, no, you don't have any friends. Because, and right. it's like, no, all of your interactions with your friends will be chaperoned. Right. You know, that's just not practical or healthy. I also try to uh, pray daily for guarding them against their first mortal sin. Yes, I do too, which is a good prayer. Um, So silence is a very, it's very important. Sorry, I sidetracked us hard. It's okay. But if you're you're uncomfortable with silence, then you're going to be uncomfortable with the kind of prayer that we're striving after. Because ultimately the goal that we're talking about here today is not just learning the Our Father learning the the child, um, you know, like rhyme prayers mm-hmm. that are very lovely, but you want to... Not that the Our Father is a child prayer. No, 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 no. But the other the other prayers that, you know, like, let, now I lay me down to sleep, you know, like right. those prayers. Um, ultimately, that's a good starting place, but we want to get to that point where even as a young child, they are ha- developing a habit of this quiet, daily, meditative prayer, mm-hmm. right? Creating that space for that still small voice to come and speak to them. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Montessori earlier. I mean, in, in Montessori, the school of thought is that all children are seeds. I think that's the actual right. term that they use, right? And so because they are all seeds that can be planted in rocky rocky soil or, 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 or uh, rich soil, uh, sand, you know, they can be planted in all these different things. And mm. as parents, that, that is our goal is to take our kids and plant them in the rich soil. Create the fertile soil. Create right. the fertile soil. A good culture. Right. And so, uh, and that's what, in Montessori, that's that's what they're talking about. This is why they, they're they silent when they're doing things, they're working on things. Uh, and so as, as parents, we need to be able to provide our children with that opportunity mm-hmm. for them to flourish in prayer. Now, I also want to make sure that we understand that they're not little adults. Right, they're, they're children. They're children, right? We're talking, I'm talking about children right, right. now. Right, uh, yeah, right. me too. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, You don't approach prayer the same way that I would like currently as I'm trying to grow in my spiritual life. I don't right. approach prayer the same way as I would with them. I know we've got the break coming up, but another great thing to do is teach your children good classic hymns. Because it teaches them the vocabulary of praise, the like, I uh, like that. a higher a higher level of vocabulary with which to bring to prayer themselves. Dulia. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We've got Juan Posada on the buttons. Talking about giving your kids a prayer life. In the Gospels, Christ uses the uh, par- he teaches a parable about the seven virgins um, with with oil and without oil who are waiting for the arrival of the bridegroom, and uh, the foolish virgins do not have extra oil. Um, and so when the bridegroom comes. They ask the wise virgins for some of their oil, and they say no, because there might not be enough for both of us, and they send them away. They say, go buy some of your own. Of course, when they, they do that, and they come back, and the gates have already been locked, and they can't get in. It seems like the wise virgins are being mean. Um, I think the takeaway here from this parable is that um, I cannot give you my relationship with Christ. Okay, you need to go and, and get that yourself. Okay, I just like I can't give you my relationship with my father. You need to get your own relationship with my father if you want a relationship with him, 
or my but, relationship with Adam. Which is a great dude. Right. No, I was talking about your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Both of you I'm are okay. great dudes. Yeah. yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of you guys. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we cannot just simply hand, we can't give you, oh, I, I have a prayer life. Let me just give it to you. Right. And so it needs to be instilled. It needs to be given in a way that they come to learn it themselves, that kind of gift. Um, so let's just, let's just talk about my idea and then we'll talk about some of the other things, my, some of my other notes. Cause I don't want to like try to cram well, it in Can I give one more? Oh yeah, go ahead. Can I give one more on, sure. on uh, one of the things that we make sure to do? A lot of this stuff is just being intentional, right? It is, yes. is understanding the opportunities that you can utilize and be intentional and, and, and be vocal about it to your kids. So one thing that we do is on the way to mass, we ask each kid, what are you going to offer up today from in mass? Mm, great idea. And so that way they're thinking about, oh, I need to start praying mm-hmm. about you know, a specific thing that they can bring to mass. Helps them be intentional about being in mass. Right, exactly. And so on the way to mass, this is something that actually helps you prepare for mass mm-hmm. in general anyway. For myself even, like you, just because sometimes you can get distracted, you may have the radio on or you know whatever you're making sure that all your kids have all their shoes on, you know, or right. that their hair's made, you know, done and uh, it helps you get into the mind frame of prayer and it helps them understand like, no, 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 we're not just going there and saying and doing the motions because, you know, they're little kids. They they don't understand the depths of the mystery of the mass anyway, mm-hmm. but they can bring something to the to the offering right. of mass and say, I'm praying for right. X. They, under- they can understand it perfectly in the way of what they're, what they're capable of. Right. So that's one, that's one that's uh, uh, tip that we, that we use. So what I started doing with with my oldest, Elizabeth, she just got confirmed um, and had received her first communion. We do the restored order, mm-hmm. uh, part of the homeschool group here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, she got confirmed with Luke and uh, Jude, mm-hmm. um, your sons. So I said, kind of took that as an opportunity to say, all right, Elizabeth, now you're confirmed. I want you to start every day um, praying. You know, she sees me every day. So let me just back up a little bit. Uh, for the last few years since I've started Exodus 90, every single day, almost, when she walks out of her room in the morning, I am right there kneeling uh, at our little oratory doing my morning prayer. And so she sees me every day praying, every day. So um, she, in her mind, that's what a father does. That's what a person does, right? That's that, I've been been blessed to be able to set that good example for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told her, every morning when you wake up, I want you also to pray. Um, you're seven years old, so I want you to pray quietly for seven minutes. Um, you know, not saying our fathers, not, you know, not doing those, just sitting there and talking to, talking to, I want you to just be quiet with Jesus. Um, and she, re- honestly, I wasn't sure how she would take it. She received it with excitement. I think part of that is because of the fact that she has seen me now for three years doing it. Um, and so I think now she kind of views it as like, oh, a rite of passage. Like, oh, I'm growing up. You know, I'm doing more of what dad does. I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know, of what these adults are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was very excited that she received it with excitement. Um, she immediately went into her room and put together her own little oratory. She took all of her like... Oh, that's awesome. ...little like, sacred images and put them all together. Um and she does get frustrated when, because it's in her room. I've been trying to convince her to move it out of her room because sometimes she'll be like, Bernadette won't stop, won't be quiet. I'm trying to pray, you know. Right. Um, but she has been very faithful to it. And I've been just so proud of her 
Um, and so, like, as she turns eight, then it'll be eight minutes. Um, and, you know, so I, I think that's a good rule of thumb. As you get older, learn and learn to pray more and more. Um, just because, you, you know, you have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very excited. And in fact, my younger daughter, Mary, has also started doing it, I think, with less dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, she's only, she's five. And I'm not enforcing... Enforce. I haven't, you know, like asked her to do it. So if she does it, sometimes that's great. If she doesn't, that's not great. But I, what I also want to do is start giving Elizabeth um, a little bit more of like material. And what I mean by that is I want to start giving her a question. So like Elizabeth, this is the question I want you to ask Jesus today in your prayer, and then I want you to wait for his answer. Just sit there and listen. Um, you know, like. Why did you die for me? How much do you love me? Um, how, like, how have my sins affected you, Jesus? You know, th- just I don't know what the questions will be. I'm just kind of making these up off the top of my head. Things that will um, encourage her to speak directly and listen directly to our Lord, um, because I think that's really the that's a bigger it's, and it's a better thing to do um, to be asking questions of, of our of our Lord instead of. Uh, praise is great. I mean, you should, you know, praise should certainly be a part of your prayer life. Um, but ultimately, if you want to come to know Jesus, you need to do more than just praise him. You need to let him speak to you. So like asking him some good questions, I think is a really good way to spark that. Mm. And, and I th- hopefully, you know, after a while, she won't need any prompting anymore. She'll just kind of have learned the habit. Um, and so what are you doing? I mean, you, you, I think you're doing something similar. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's actually really good. I liked, I, I, I didn't know you were asking questions to prompt her on that. I think that's a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when you told me this, and I was like, yeah, because we were talking about what, what should we do, you know, not a rise of passage, but what should we do to, to uh-huh. make sure that this is, a, I mean, this is a big deal for them to receive, uh, obviously, Holy Communion and being confirmed. They need to know that this is a big thing. What should yeah. we do to make sure to, to up their... Their, their spiritual game, so to speak, you know, their spiritual life. And we, and you mentioned that. I go, oh, man, that, 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 that is great. So what I did was I typically go into work early every day. I, I, I stopped for the full week, for a full week going in early. In fact, I asked for permission to come in late a couple of days. And so in the morning we would get up. At, so at, that you could be with your kids so in the morning. So that I could be, with, them, be uh-huh. with my kids in the morning. So we would get up at 7. Mm-hmm. They would. I would already be up. But they they would get up at 7. We got them an alarm clock because that was mm-hmm. a big deal. They hadn't had an alarm clock since, since that one that, like, that when you're training up. them. Right, yeah. When you're training them to, to not get out of their room. Yeah. They haven't had one since then. So they got an alarm clock, which that was a big deal for them. Set it at 7. I said, at 7 o'clock, you will get out of bed. And then by 7.02, we will start prayer. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, and I, I would be, I would be outside the room at about 6.58, yeah. so 6.59. You go to the bathroom. Right. And then we pray. And then we pray. And so I told them that I, I, I only instituted five minutes to start out. Um, I, I like the age thing. Yeah. I also started off, I didn't immediately implement the age thing. That's a good, that's a good plan. Yeah. So I, right now they're still even doing, they're doing five minutes. I think that's fine. Um, but I, I told them that at the very beginning, you ask for forgiveness of all, of all your sins mm-hmm. and anything that is on your heart that you may have committed, you know, last night or the night before, or that you can remember, uh, and ask for his forgiveness. 
then thank him for the for the day that you have mm-hmm. and then ask him what you want him like what what you should do today yeah perfect and that's that's the the five minutes mm-hmm. that, that, that they are, are called to do so i sat in the room with them for the first week i, w- I would go up to their their room basically at you know 6 59 hear the alarm go off wake them up you know hear them wake up we start prayer at 702 and then at 707 we end mm-hmm. and that was i did that for for uh seven days uh-huh. every you know every day and then i said okay boys now you have to keep doing this, mm-hmm. and That's they've great. and they've been doing it, you know, every day. Perfect. They've been they've been pretty um, they've been pretty good about it. And even if they do start off like just saying prayers, you know, uh, saying you know, like that's great. But um, the ultimately the goal we should all be striving for as our kids get older, you know, whatever they're ready for, um, is that silent contemplative prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the things I just want to mention before we run out of time here, one of them is reverence, like when we pray in general. Um, one thing that I think a lot of parents make the mistake in is thinking that their children are too young to be held to a certain standard in prayer. Um, that, oh, they're, uh, they're still young, I'll let them run around while we pray or whatever. Um, we do that. My two-year-old doesn't kneel, but very soon he will. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time they're three, they've been kneeling for a while, you know, so when we pray at the end of the night, we kneel mm-hmm. because prayer is reverent. Okay. Like the way you allow your children to behave in mass, um, says a lot about what prayer is. Okay. The and way your out- outward conduct reflects your inward, right, exactly. inward reality. If you allow your children to be silly, wild, wiggly during prayer, you know, it was like if, when you get together to pray as a family at the end of the night for a few minutes, with your kids, mm-hmm. you know, probably less than five minutes. Um, a three-year-old can be still for less than five minutes mm-hmm. when you're all kneeling together as a family. Well, and this goes back to the whole, like we said earlier break, about making sure you keep your kids, you know, teach them to be quiet. Right. This is the first step of prayer, is teaching them to be quiet. Right. Once you teach them to be quiet, then these other layers of a prayer open up a lot easier right so i've got a lot of a few other things we want to go over uh so make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to us on radio we want to talk about the balance between catechesis and relationship with christ Ooh, i like that yeah. okay we're on the lord's team the winning side so raise your glass cheers to jesus cheers okay um would you like to revisit this juan mucho por favor be my introduce. So, be my pleasure to reintroduce. I you. really like. I, I really like the idea of planting the question mm-hmm. into your child, like you, like you had mentioned. I like that idea. I, I, I may, yeah, I give, may try to implement. Give that. them something, and it can be the same question for because, multiple days in a row. I mean, that, that's what we're. You know, my, my, my question, and I didn't really think about it as a question. What but do you I just want me said, to do today? What do you want me to do? Yeah, today? that's great. I mean, you, I mean, that's perfect. It's very practical. Um, and, and, you know, like, that's a great thing for us all to ask. Mm-hmm. I think that what we should do is give our kids some questions so they think about during prayer. That way they are not so lost and their mind is not going everywhere. So you give them some questions. <laughs> what do you think, Adam? Dude, that sounds like a unique idea. There, I don't think I've ever heard that before. There was this old FedEx.com commercial. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. 
where there's a board. They're at the board meeting and the, the president. On. I actually won. I actually thought you were being serious for a minute. <laughs> I knew that and he was not. I, and I was like, Juan, he, this is what we've been talking about <laughs> Literally for like the last he just five said. minutes. Like we for five minutes we've okay, been going before over we this. started recording. Juan was saying that like I've been ripping off his jokes. Maybe I have been. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so it's possible I've been ripping off Juan's jokes <laughs> and not not giving him credit for it. <laughs> not on the show, right? Not on the show. Good. Just in just in real life. Just in real life, which is not as important. So there's this old FedEx.com. <laughs> FedEx commercial where they're at the board meeting. They're like, look, our margins are squeezed. We're losing. What can we do to save some money? And like some, you know, small town guy at the table says, maybe we could open up an online account with FedEx.com and save 15% on all shipping. And then the, the guy at the head of the table who's clearly in charge of the meeting goes, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open an online account with FedEx.com and say 15% on all shipping. And as soon as he does, everybody at the table is like, oh, great, yeah, oh, great idea. And the guy who said it first, he said, you said the same thing I did, except said, you did this. No, I did this. <laughs> no, I did this. Yeah. And the guy next to him goes, it makes all the difference. <laughs> I do remember that. It was a great commercial. It's also like The Office whenever he said, when Andy says, how about we uh, have our answering machine have a little bit more zing and pep? And then... <laughs> and then uh, Jim says, like, how about we have our office answering machine have a little bit more zing and more pep? And Michael Scott's like, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Yeah. The office. Okay. So we talked about um, insisting on reverent behavior during prayer. I do think that's so important. So I think the the atmosphere of what... of right. where you where you pray plays me- a lot. It's kind of like the medium is the message, right? Right, like if you have candles, if you have incense, exactly if you have, the like, atmosphere, right? If you have holy images around the crucifix, you know, like things around that gear them towards reverence. So in my house, even my three year old will get in trouble if they're like talking during prayer or like not kneeling, mm-hmm. um, and. This is a pet peeve of mine, especially when I see adults do it. Okay. If your bottom is on the pew, you're not kneeling. (laughs) And in fact, I think it's more disrespectful than continuing to sit. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm it's like being fake. It's sort of like being lukewarm to me. Like, oh, yeah, I'll kneel just to make it look like to these other people around here that I'm kneeling. But like, I don't really care. It's like I'll see I'll see men doing it and they're not like in a wheelchair. Obviously they're kneeling, okay? But what I mean is they're not like physically disabled. They walked in and out of the building, right? They're regular people, but the you know like, oh, you're not man enough to just kneel. You know, it's it's incredibly insulting to yourself, but it's just a, it's an act of disrespect. And I don't like I'm not accusing these people of of being intentionally disrespectful because I honestly think they don't haven't given it much thought. They're just lazy. So like if you're one of those people who puts your who kind of sits on the on the pew when you're kneeling, you're just lazy and you need to stop it. Something that was really cool today in mass. Here's 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 a a cool story that happened. Okay. And this is why it's important to make sure that your outward presence reflects your the inward reality. Mhm. So it, this is why, like you know, your your children are watching you. After after communion, you know, after 
the priest gets everything cleared off the altar and he goes back and he sits in his chair. Luke stop, like Luke whispers to me, he goes, he's like our spiritual father. When he sits, we sit. <laughs> when he stands, we stand. Yes. And I was like, yes. I don't know why that's just now clicking. We've been talking about this a lot. Like this has been something we've talked about for years and years and years. But for whatever reason, like tonight, it clicked. And, and he that's realized, when he looked at me like, son, you are ripping me off right now. <laughs> But that was, it was so... And he goes, no, I did this. No, I did this. <laughs> it makes all the difference. Right. Uh, but I, find, I, like, I had this like sense of, okay, he's, he's paying attention. He uh-huh. sees, and it reflects what happens at our house. Right. Right. If we're at the dinner table and we're finished dinner and it's time to, to pray and I stand, everybody else stands. Uh-huh. And then before, before the meal is, is done, you know, like the meal's at the table, we're about to sit. I sit. Everybody else sits. Mm-hmm. And he just like, it finally clicked. Like those wires finally, you know, connected. And he realized, oh, he's like our spiritual dad. Like my dad. Yeah, like my dad, but for the like church. spiritually. For the all church. All of us. And he used spiritual, he said, he's like our spiritual dad. I was like, Sweet. yes. But I'm, I'm saying that only to say that children very much pay attention to what's going on and how right. you how you reflect on on your prayer life. Their brains are making connections all right. the time. Right. So Yeah, this is like one thing that I just want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife Pamela, Lady Pamela. Because shout out when uh we were dating, more so when we were engaged, but um like we would go to mass a lot, you know, we didn't have kids, obviously. Um, <laughs> and so but she would always wait to kneel until I kneeled. She wouldn't stand until I stood, right? And like one day I just shared with her how honored that made me feel. It just as, you know, like the person who is, you know, uh, seeking to guide her through life, that she was giving that deference to me that when we're in mass, she doesn't stand if I don't stand. She doesn't mm. kneel if I don't, you know, my my posture is her posture. Mm-hmm. And like, I just makes this one of the things about her that makes me feel very loved that she... Um, it also is a like, big responsibility to you. It is. But that she like... It's, freedom, seeks, it's freedom to her. It's responsibility to you. It is. I agree. But it honor it just it still to this day makes me feel very honored as her husband. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just that she allows me to lead her that way, which is just very feminine. Especially in the spiritual life. Right. So um, shout out to her. I want to talk about I called it the balance between catechesis and relationship. Yeah, there's not know, there's not really a balance here as if like you're putting one, one on the is, scale and it's taking like, it away said, from the other. That's interesting because I was like, how is he going to position this? Because there is a complementarity. However, what I what I really mean is that I think that um, l- there is today a notion of if I teach my children about the faith, I have done my duty. Right. No okay. Doubt. And that I sent them to Catholic schools. Well, this is why they... Yeah. You know, and uh, let's say... The kids did. You sent them to a, a Catholic school that was very good at catechesis, and they they taught the children very well all the stuff about the faith. Mm-hmm. Learning about the faith is important, but is infinitely less important than knowing Christ mm-hmm. as a person, because you can actually know very little about the faith, the head knowledge, the precepts, canon law. 
the, the like liturgical feasts and the seasons, even all the beautiful things about the church. You can know absolutely, you can know almost nothing about that, but have this deep mystic uh, relationship with Christ. Many saints have, right? Who have been ignorant of many things about the church, and so they're not. It's not uh, you know like oh you have to choose one or the other. It's it's not a. It's not. I'm kind of drawing up a false dichotomy here in that. But what I what I'm saying is that there is this. I like fallacies. Yeah, <laughs> me too. They're, they're very effective. They, I tell you what, they sell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but there is this notion I think today that oh, by passing on the faith, what we need to do is teach children about the faith. Right. What we need to do is is teach children to know Christ. How do you do that? By teaching them about his church is a very important way because how you can't love a person that you don't know. Okay, and we come to know Christ in and through the church. Totally on board with that. I, you know, I'm not denying that at all. Um, but you can't teach the stuff about the church. It, it, the only reason you do that is so that your child or the person that you're teaching can come to know Christ. Otherwise, it's totally worthless. You could have... All, I mean, there are, there are actually atheist biblical scholars... Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are of the, 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 they have the most knowledge about the Old Testament, and they're atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say that it is very easy to teach your children about the faith when they're young. So, because they can just memorize so easily. Everything, right. So, I would advise to, to have them memorize as much as many things as they can. Absolutely. But that's not where your job ends, right? So right. But that, that, that is um, not the end. Right. Okay. Even those things point towards another goal. This is, yeah, this is planting seeds that will hopefully blossom. Right. Years. We're not planting seeds just to plant seeds. Right. We want them to grow into, like, produce fruit. Right. I, I forget who the priest was that he pointed out in the Baltimore Catechism, the, the, the to know and to love God. The order of those words. It's like to know and to love. Mm. So like you cannot and then to serve. And to serve, yeah, exactly. To so know, to love, to serve. So it's like you cannot love that which you don't know. Correct. But if you get stuck in knowing, you won't get to the loving right. and to the serving. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah. I mean the Baltimore Catechism is basically like a like a, a Thomism one oh one for little kids. Mm. Like if you go through right. the Baltimore Catechism and, and in fact, if you don't know if you've not been you know, if you've never read Thomas Aquinas and you tried to jump into the sum and you're like, wow, this is way too much. You know what? Read the Baltimore Catechism because it is basically like the summa for, for kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything in there is very Thomistic. Right. So a couple things here. Um, passing on your prayer, passing on a prayer life to the kids. If you're not praying every day, then you're not going to do it. If you don't have a prayer life, you're going to go to hell. Then, well, you probably will. If you're, if you do not have a prayer life, you will probably go to hell. I do not in any way deny the mercy, the endless mercy of Christ. But if you're not willing to pray and to love him, then what makes you think that at the end of your life, you are going to die in his love? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that you will, unless you change, unless you have a conversion, right? Um, so first, you need to have a prayer life. You need to be modeling that prayer life for your children. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that I understand that I have a, a a great gift that my my children get to see me pray almost every day, um, and other people's schedules don't 
I don't expect that another person's schedule affords that great opportunity. Um, but your children should know that you pray every day. Mm-hmm. They should know that you pray for... If you're not praying for your children every day, then you're a failure as a father. Um, maybe you didn't know that... Maybe no one ever told you you should be praying for your kids every day. Um, that doesn't mean you're not a failure as a father. I mean, if, you, if you're trying to build a car and you know all about how the wiring goes and how to build an engine and you start building this car, but no one... You just simply didn't know that you're supposed to put tires on it. That you have a, it's a failure of a, of a project to build a car. A, a car without tires is a failure of a car, okay? So I'm not accusing you of being a failure, and it's not your fault, but you have to be praying for your kids and for your wife every day. Otherwise, you're a failure as a husband and a father because that's your job, and you're failing at your job. So A, you need to be doing that. Your children need to know that you're praying for them. Your wife needs to know that you're praying for her. Um, and then you need to... Your children are, the, are your first project of evangelization, so, you know, it's great to evangelize your coworker, have that moment where you tell your coworker what Christ, or what Jesus has meant to you, the, the difference he's made in your life, right? Mm-hmm. That's pure evangelization is just mm. like that, that Jesus changed my life. Mm-hmm. He could change yours too. If you can't do it with your kids, you can't do it with your, with your coworker, okay? So you need, your children need to know. They need to hear that story. Obviously, you don't have to go into like what you did in college with your kids, Okay. But they need to know that 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 their I told, father. I told Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> she's been weeping. <laughs> she's been med- she's been in silent prayer, just crying. <laughs> Elizabeth, what are you crying about? My mercy, father, mercy. My father. <laughs> but really, though, your kids need to know that um, you would be a wreck without his mercy in your life. That's right. That's why it's always important for them to see you go to confession. Yeah, and go to confession together. Mm-hmm. So you need to evangelize your kids. Um, so like all of these things, tell them why you pray. Because Christ is everything. He's the reason why I live. He made me. I exist to serve him. And in so doing, I will find my greatest happiness. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and And having that daily prayer that's how i know how to serve him mm-hmm. that's where i learned to love him just like you know when you spend time with your kids that's how you fell in love with him so uh i've got other things written down here but i think we've really covered covered most of it so anything else any other ideas brilliant uh inspirations um no i had a like weird question that i wanted to ask you this totally off topic okay i like it but i don't know how far, how long are we going on like is it we are at one ten. Just ask it. Just they can look. People they can, can stop listening. They, they can, can stop off. listening yeah. if they want. So if you you got to be, uh, th- th- so if you got a chance to be pope, mm-hmm. at the Catholic Church. I like this question because it, I won't have the chance to be right. pope. I would like to know what's one like kind of funny, silly thing that you'd want to do to the church. Okay. And then one thing that you would be. This is what I'd want to change. In the church. Okay. A silly thing. So you want me to go first to give you time to think as well? Yes. I think that would be helpful for me. <laughs> so a silly thing for me would be, I would like to institute uh, the the Swiss Guard, or the uh, the Guard. Uh, what, is it the Swiss Guard? Yeah, the Swiss Guard. The Swiss Guard. I would like that to be at my parish. Okay. Mandatory like, every parish. 
like that would be at sweet. least at least the uniforms if at not least the, the uniforms like there's let's like the swiss you know guard yeah, there's not that many people in switzerland right right i mean you know so. you know what uh the knights of columbus no from now on new uniforms new, guys. <laughs> uniforms you all are you're are, gonna love it you're you all are gonna dress up as swiss guards and you have to be still okay like i think that'd be just like one it'd be hilarious for me entertaining just so you know when you go to rome the swiss guards are actually like Highly trained professional oh, military yeah, they would, people. They will kill you. And like, yeah, they, would <laughs> they might look a little ridiculous, but, uh, but they will kill you. Don't mess with them. Right. But I think that'd be pretty sweet. Because they can take you out. I think that'd be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. I think that'd be You definitely generate some buzz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the other thing? Uh, my more serious one? Yes. Uh, I would fire everybody in the Vatican. Sweet. And just start over. Like firing squad or no 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 no, no, no firing squad no I would just fire all like everybody uh huh it's like uh even if it means that you know what for a month or or three months or whatever the this program isn't gonna run or you know this ministry is not gonna be effective uh, I'd be like that's okay I'm okay sometimes you have to have a hard restart right how important are these uh, like departments let, anyway let, let's let's you know start over. Like, from right. foundationally no communications are going to come out of the vatican for a few months who cares right you know what for almost all of all of history that hap that's that's basically right. what happened i'll have a twitter account still right if something absolutely needs to go so out. i think i would just like if i became if i became pope i would like walk in and be like uh thank you for the service to your church to this church your services are no longer needed yeah. Now that doesn't mean I wouldn't hire those these people back or whatever else, but I would. Right. So you do the thing where it's like you're the default is everyone's fired, and you'll be rehired on a case by case basis. I mean, odds are I would not rehire them. Right. Just based off of how things are going, but that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. I would rehire them based on the number of hours they'd spent in adoration that week. Mm. Yeah, I just I, yeah I agree. It's very, yeah, I agree. Wouldn't that be a good litmus test? I think test? that's a good lit litmus test. Everything comes back to prayer. It does. If you're like, prayer is a, is like the source. Of, well, it's not the source and summit. It's the source and summit. Source and summit of our faith life, not of our like of the church, right? Obviously, the Eucharist is you know, but of of your individual. But faith the highest life. the highest form of prayer is the Mass. Which right. is where we participate in, in receiving the Holy Sacrifice uh, Bingo. The, the, of the Eucharist. So so a silly thing I still haven't like come up with yet. Uh, Juan, what about you? I think I'd reinstitute clown masses. <laughs> Juan, do you have something? <coughs> a silly thing and a serious thing? I have a serious so thing. But for the serious thing, I would reinstitute the Friday Lenten, the, the Friday Fast, under pain of mortal sin. Ah, okay. Mm. See, and then for silly thing, the fast or abs or abstinence, abstaining from meat. Which one? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, the fast and abstinence. Yeah. There's, these are two different things. Yeah, I, they're I, different things. That's I right. I think abstaining was was actually the. You Is know, that what you meant? The no meat, no, no meat, meat on, on Fridays? Fridays. I mean, the no meat, but now that I think about it, I'll throw in the fast as well. Okay. <laughs> nice. And then for silly, I would, uh, man, I would 
Okay, I, I know what I would do. Okay. As a pope, I would publish a, a how you call those documents? Encyclical. An encyclical that says it explains the Trinity in its entireness. So it has exhausted the Trinity. But I would do it on April 1st. And I would see who catches on. <laughs> nice. And those who want to be led astray, I wouldn't correct them. <laughs> I would just be like, you should have known better. <laughs> I would also institute back the papal crown. Mm. Like, dude, we are just missing out. Like, they're going to look back. Like, all these epic pictures of popes with these papal crowns on their head. It's like, that, dude, you look awesome. Yeah. Like, that looks epic. Uh, and then we stopped doing it. And they're going to have, like, this blip in history where well, it's like... I don't know when they stopped doing that, but... It, I think it was uh, the twenty John the twenty third. So it was it, it's been like like a hundred and some just a hundred hundred years or so. Okay, so like, like the, the papal states. Leo the thirteenth had it. The failure of the papal states had nothing to do with it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. I also don't know. I, th- I thought it was like more of like oh we're gonna be humble and yeah is you is can be like, humble with a crown on. Yeah, because it's not about you. Right. The thing is, is it's not about you. Yeah. Right. It's exactly. about it's about getting rid of the crown is actually a very prideful thing to do because you think it's about you. Right. I mean, and the crown just looks epic. It does look awesome. So I know what mine are. Okay. Silly thing is, I would mandatory for all cardinals mustache. <laughs> <laughs> mandatory mustache. <laughs> maybe maybe get rid of the hat and replace it with mustache. <laughs> And that only cardinals can rock the solo mustache, and it's mandatory. <laughs> this would also ensure that we never have any women uh, like who make it in. I, I don't think you could ever be a cardinal. No, bro. dude. I, no, I could. I can grow a mustache. You could grow a mustache. I can grow a mustache. And the thing is, like, maybe maybe a cardinal grows a really bad mustache. All the better for him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Humility. Right. Humility is it's sort of like. Uh, uh, the Philip Neary. Philip Neary, thank you. When he'd have people like shave half their beard and stuff. Right. The serious thing I would do is I would want to implement the year of justice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've had mercy. Let's have a year of justice. It's called reckoning. <laughs> yeah. um, and like the year of restitution. Because, and you know, I would want to do this, obviously. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, make sure it's done well, which I could do. I would you know, have, pope. have the charism of um, infallibility as under the Pope. Not not that like, oh, it's the year of justice is infallibly declared, right? Um, but yes, I would want that. I just like, I feel like we've got, we've swung too far to the soft side of, oh, everybody can receive communion, you know? Right, which is, um, And it's like, you know, you look at uh, specific politicians like nancy pelosi who are outspoken and who have really doubled down lately on their support of abortion i mean it, it it's like if that's not if that's not giving scandal what is right right if that is not outward public mortals like uh grave grave matter mm-hmm. and for the sake of the faithful and for nancy pelosi yeah for her a soul. mercy a mercy for herself because i want her to go to heaven right right oh yeah i want her to go to heaven um, like I, I feel like I would want to clarify those kinds of situations. Who, who, what are the situations where a person actually should be and is required by their bishop to implement, like to forbid them from receiving communion under those very specific guidelines? Right? I mean, it's not. It shouldn't be 
broad. I mean, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's we could have specific. Dude, things. we should have a whole episode where we just ask like, like crazy questions like that. That's what I would do. I don't know. I, probably nobody would be interested or care, but like it'd be fun for me. It would be fun. We, we can make it a three-parter, bro. We have enough <laughs> material. Uh, yeah, I just been, I've been thinking. I don't know why I thought about that, but pray for the church. Pray for the church. You know what? And I, you know, I, so I work. You know, I work for the church. Obviously, that's like my my one of my jobs. And one of the things, one of the be- one of the graces, one of the beautiful things about working for the church, uh, at least for me, has been the amount of hope that I've actually received in the church. Mm, yeah. Um, which may be contrary to some people's thought processes, like oh, the, you, the youth is rising. Yeah, but actually, more more than that, it's more that uh, it's very clear how much it's divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's so many times that I have messed up, even as a you know communications director, that it seems to to go okay. You know, things get worked out. Um, there have been times where you know I've messed up and had to ask for forgiveness. There's been times where. I, I've we've seen other church officials make mistakes um, that would just crump just would crush a ministry, right? Just would just demo- like bankrupt by you're no longer around, right? You you no longer get to, thanks for playing, uh-huh. um, and so it's just given me a lot of hope knowing that you know what this, this is not you know we're not in control here. It's gonna stick around. It's gonna yeah we we can keep messing up. I don't advise it, but uh. It'll it'll be around. We'll have to pay for it. <laughs> we're gonna be paying, you know. Like, Literally, we might actually have to actually pay for that. Yeah, we we are. Uh, yeah, but we need to we need to be praying for our, our church. We need to be praying for our pope. Obviously, that's something else we didn't mention. That you know, that's something else that we should be instituting in, in our children and, and for ourselves is is be, be being praying for not only our pope but for our priest, specifically the priest that. Um, baptized you mm-hmm. and your parish priest which we didn't even mention we both went we were both baptized by father paul eishoff who we just um who just died he just and, passed away yes um so please we got went got to go to his his funeral. funeral i was happy to be there i felt like as someone like this priest baptized me i felt like my prayers for his repose of his soul are going to be more efficacious because of that right because like he, i'm someone who he brought to the faith into the church Right, and so like I kind of have like justice compels me almost mm-hmm. to pray for his soul. I agree, and because of that justice, it's a prayer that's justly heard. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So I made sure to be there, as yeah. did you, mm-hmm. to pray for him. God rest his soul, Father Paul Eishoff. Thank you so much. Internally grateful. Mm-hmm. Indeed, mm-hmm. we'll high five together someday. I pray. Okay, I'm good. You good? Mucho. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.